Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by voice actor David Kay. I had him on the show to talk about his latest project, Marvel's The Eternals, where he plays Arishem. He's also known for his work in the Transformers universe, where he's played both Optimus Prime and Megatron. Uh, You might know him from the X-Men Evolution show, where he played Professor X and Apocalypse, or perhaps from Ratchet & Clank from the video game series where he plays Clank. And he also serves as the announcer for Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, where he does an amazing job. I had a great time chatting with David, and I hope to have him on again sometime, because I feel like I've barely scratched the surface with this guy. He just is a great storyteller, and I had an absolute blast, so... Uh, Enough of my blabbering, let's uh, get on with the show. Big thanks to Bookmans for sponsoring the show, and thanks to the guys at Sci-Fi Remnant. Hope you enjoy. Hello, me popsicles. Why don't you grab your multipass, a drink, and come sit with us? Let's pick each other's brain. We want you to be part of our intimate conversation about science fiction topics. Let's do this. Join us and let's talk about science fiction topics and books, movies, TV shows, and games. At Science Fiction Remnant, you are invited to listen in. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget your multipass. David, how are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, of course, I should have only expected that I would have been out microphoned by, uh, by you. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's a that's a beast. <laughs> Tools of the trade, man. Oh, that's... Beast, yeah. So, yeah. have you been working from home then uh, during the? Oh, <laughs> oh, I always I've been working from home since uh, since nineteen ninety eight. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I've had uh, yeah, I've had a home studio for for years. Um, so I was uh, set for this uh, unfortunate time in our lives. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, we were all doing stuff from here. Um, or I was anyway, but I miss the cartoons. I miss going in for cartoons. That's the biggest thing. So when you that. go in and work in the studio, are you interacting with the other actors or are you doing your part by yourself and working with the producer director? It depends. If it's a feature film, sometimes you're just working by yourself. Um, and uh, with, with most animation, we're all in the room together. You know, um, uh, I've been on Scooby-Doo a bunch of times and, and, and every time I'm the only one standing because everybody sits. I can't sit. My old radio days, I, I stood, I stood at the console, you know, and uh, you know, seventy-five degrees Celsius has Madonna. Hell, <laughs> you know what? What? Why? I don't know why we did that, but it was always because I just felt, you know, free, and so I stand when I when I do animation. And, well, uh, so everybody, like like you know, Frank Welker, Great Lyle, and all the people, they're all sitting, and I'm the only one. I feel like I'm like among I'm a I'm a giant among elves because they're all <laughs> sitting here, uh, but most of us stand and. Uh, it's just you're you're open. I'm you know I have to stand. Well, it's the physicality that you can bring to it. Also, when I I know that oh yeah the, that, the limited yeah. amount of voice stuff I've had to do I do not look like I'm doing a performance that I would if anybody was looking at it it's I wouldn't want them to see the faces that I was making to get the tone that I'm going for if that makes sense. Oh God, yeah. Well, Alec Willows was a prime example of uh, it's just when we used to do Beast Wars back in the '90s and Alec was just tarantulas is freaking amazing and he's just creepy you know he just is holding <laughs> and it's just like i'm just coming kind of scabbing meals looking at him going you know eh, away from me uh but yeah it's it is it's it's physical physicalizing things and and um 
it, 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 it personal preference, uh, but I have I have to stand. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Yeah. So then, what do you? I'm, I'm wondering if you have an opinion. You even think about um, when people who traditionally don't do um, voice work, when a celebrity is entered into a feature film, animated film, something like that, and they're doing voiceover work, and it's not something that's their normal um, in their normal tool set. It's not what they do all the time, and I feel like they are not necessarily the best person in those roles just because half the time when I'm listening to somebody that I know the voice, but I can't place it right away. I'm focused on that instead of just a character being created and I can find it distracting unless they've created a character. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, acting is, is, uh, is acting. It's being human really. Yeah. Um, The whole, the whole, what we, what I strive for, and what we all should strive for as performers is is to make it is, you know, each character has a soul. They're a, a being. They're a living, breathing, or they're a you know a mechanical whatever thing. Um, but they have a soul and an essence about them, and all those nuances uh, that make us human has to go into that character, you know. Um, like, I don't know what I'm going to say to you next. You don't know what you're going to say to me next. That's how it has to come off the page. And no matter how many times we've done it, it's got to be something new and fresh all the time. You know, uh, never lose that childlike quality and that sense of wonder. But it's just being uh, just being human and putting that into every character we do is is, is has an element of us in it. So it's just and I, I explained it uh, this morning. Um Another, another interview that that when I when I'm doing something, I kind of have this bubble around me. Like that's like uh, a friend doing a, a cringer from Motu, you know, it's like, and then here he's, you know, he, he manages my world isn't here. I have a life. I have, a, I have things I have to look after him. I, I have a, you know, a, a, be- a beating heart. I have all that. And, and so I create this, this bubble around me. And then when we snap out of it, you know, we go about our lives, we have our, our giant bubble, but he, it's like these little bubbles of our own personality and that we have to make sure we're sort of, uh, you know, uh, honoring that. Does that make sense? No, that, that actually, that, that makes perfect sense. And it's the, the idea of keeping that new and in the moment when you have all those lines memorized and they're in the back of your head and being present and reacting to it. Do you ever find yourself so caught up in a moment that you're still surprised, even though you know exactly what's coming afterwards? Yeah, sometimes. Um, I mean, we don't, you know, as voice voice actors, most we don't have to memorize lines, but <laughs> true. But, Thank goodness. I, I did a lot on camera back when I, my old uh, Vancouver, Canada days, uh, many years ago. And uh, I think it didn't, as a side note, I think it didn't really uh, make it on, on camera because I was too interested in what the people behind the scenes were doing. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I got to learn lines. Oh, God. Um, I mean, I loved it, but I really was interested in what was going on behind the camera. I, I loved all that. I would I would hang around set instead of go back to the, you know, the trailer. Uh, but um, but as far as uh, if I, for example, um, in, 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 in the Eternals and, and as Erishem, there were sections of, there were a lot, there's some dialogue in there, you know, exposition and stuff, and it has to be paced out. But when we're doing it, it's nice. I would sort of, I would, I would memorize it so I could just close my eyes and concentrate. And, and a lot of times it's only a few, three or four lines sometimes for characters, uh, in certain, in certain shows, even for a little, uh, little clank, you know, I would, he would have certain lines and I would. I would see the line, okay, I'd memorize it, and I would be more in the moment if I'm just present and not worrying about the looking mm-hmm. at the line. So I do a combination of, of that. 
you know, I'll, I'll look at the other uh, actors sometimes and just sort of key in and just, and I'll close my eyes. And I tend to, especially when I'm doing narration or, or movie trailers or, or something for NFL football, it's well-written. So I, I kind of, you'll see me do this a lot. It's like a conductor conducting. Um, and it just, it's for pace and it's my own way of conducting myself, I guess. Mm-hmm. Everybody has their, their own thing. And it, it just, it's also a matter of being on a planet longer like there are certain things that i there's no way i could do now uh if i was younger or i could do then uh now i have just have more time and more experience so you know you can sort of draw upon those those things um in creating a character and those nuances because you've just been around you've read more books and, and when you're 40 you've read more than you were when you're 19 you've experienced more you have more relationships so you can call upon more stuff um, that's why they always say that, you know, older actors on screen, like they're good, you know, they're just, uh, Oh my God, he's just, he gets better and better. Yes. Because there's more stuff he can draw upon. And it goes the same with, with, with cartoons, even with the, you know, goofy, like, yeah, you know, cartoony cartoons. He can even, there's still, they're, 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 they're creatures. They live and breathe. And, and, you know, and, and um, Eric Bowser, a friend of mine who does Bugs Bunny is a great example of that. Everything he does, they live and breathe and they exist. And that's what we're all trying to do, you know. Well, you know, you, you hear the stories about Marlon Brando when he did Apocalypse Now, and they were feeding the lines to him through an yeah. earpiece ahead of time. And I, I mean, I guess you get to a point where you can just do it because if you didn't know that, it, it's still an impressive performance, and everything's yeah, being built yes. around him. I true. People go, "Oh my God, isn't that so? Oh, pompous or whatever it is." But however you get there, however, yeah, exactly. however, however you get to the truth. And, and that's, uh, you know, in, in all situations, all, you know, um, I mean, take a look at, um, for example, I'm going to do a Chloe Zhao connection here, uh, uh, Nomadland. Francis mm-hmm. McDormand is one of my favorite actors on the planet. She's just, of course, my God, she's good. You know, she's in that other, other realm. Um, <laughs> a force and, of nature. She's, yes. <laughs> yeah. But you look at her and, and she's, she's not doing anything. She's just being, mm-hmm. and she's re it's just, um, you know what I mean? Um, it's it's being human and listening and and uh and, and when when it when you see the way that chloe uh has this um style now of expansive you know it, nothing has to be like you know pounded and rushed and say it take a moment and you kind of get it we get it i think we're we're smart enough now we get a movie oh, i i get it you can read between the lines or, you know, what's going on. Get, she, she lets things breathe as like humans do. And uh, I just think it's a wonderful quality uh, any actor can have is just, just by being just the truth of, of the moment. And if somebody says something to you and it's sad, well, you you know, if you're listening and paying attention, you're in the moment, you're, you're going to probably, you know, if it's a situation, you, you no no problem. You can shed tears and cry. It's just being, being present. You know, that's all people forget. They don't have to, do, you don't have to do anything or be anybody. I mean, look, it took me a while because I was always doing these other things and doing these other voices and these other people. And it took sort of years before I was comfortable just by being myself. It just t- takes a while because we, we see certain qualities on the people. Oh, I wish I had that quality or we, and we try and incorporate that. Well, just be yourself is, is, uh, is, the, is the best thing. That was a lesson I learned many years ago when I was on radio. I was maybe 17 I was on the air. They put me on the air in the overnight show. And I was living in Canada in a little town called Peterborough. And uh, 
about an hour and 20 minutes northeast of Toronto. And they gave me on uh, overnights on the weekends. And I, I loved radio and I that's where I kind of began my my thing. And I loved David Letterman and I was watching Letterman all the time and doing the top ten. Yeah, I was doing Letterman and, and I did some awful bit. I don't know, it was I was horrible. Um, but and then somebody called. <laughs> it was uh, I made the mistake of going live on the phone. You know, you're supposed to tape tape, tape your calls and then yeah. But I said, hey, CKBT, you're on the air. And somebody said, it says, hey, stop doing Letterman. <laughs> Hangs up on me. And of course, you're shattered as a young kid. You're, oh, my God, I feel horrible. And why did he yell at me? And, I, you know, you feel like shit for the rest of your show. But but I look back and go, you know what? He's right. Stop doing the Just be you. <laughs> so all these things go into creating these 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 characters and uh it's so much fun because you can be anybody behind this, right? As you know, you can be anybody. You can be, you can be fat, thin, uh, old, young, you can do anything back here. And when you're in front of the camera, you have, you know, uh, limits, um, and you get typecast and that's fine. But behind here, you know, sky's a limit. So well, that's that, one of, one of the things I love about it is that you're not yeah. tied to this image of yourself in that way, or yeah. you don't have to do all these things with finding a special walk or finding, you know, the right haircut and that piece, yeah. that entryway to the although, character. Although that is something you can bring in. Like if, hmm. if you kind of in your mind, see this character walk, like for example, okay. Another beast wars, uh, thing or, or, uh, the very first couple of episodes we did and it was a new technology, um, Megatron has this little thing that said, ah, yes, pleasant surprise. It shall avail you not. No. And he has this little, his hands are going little hands. Yeah. I was doing that. And sure enough, they were filming us all that day. I guess we were, um, our egos were all saying, oh, Hey, they're filming us. Oh, excellent. <laughs> but it really was to look at, see if there's any idiosyncrasies that they could match with the character and the voice. And sure enough, it comes on the screen. I see this little hand go up and I go, oh shit, that's what I did. So you can adapt. You can put all that physical, like you said before, it's physicality. You can see the walk and you can sort of see what he is. And you can even imagine who you're talking to. Um, uh, I had, I had fun with uh, that, with King Pepe in, in, in trolls and in, in the, in the series for, for, mm -hmm. uh, for Netflix. And I was, you know, he's a, he's a grandpa and, and has kind of funny hair. And I could, I could see, and, and it, it was so fun to do. Um, and uh, speaking of grandpas, I get, cast now is grandpas and robots that seems to be a big thing with me old old grandpas and robots uh, you know because it's fun to play the old guy sometimes that's that voice is based on my uh my old uncle and uh yeah they have a physicality about them and my big uncle terry's from canada he's like he gets sock squatch and the ben 10 omniverse there he's like oh all are gonna get hey and they're all based on people <laughs> that i know <laughs> Just something when you were 17 and on the radio and impersonating Letterman, were you also developing voices at that time? Or yeah, something? yeah. Okay. I mean, they were all horrible. The <laughs> one thing uh, I, I listened, I, I had some old cassettes. Uh, cassettes, there's a word you haven't heard in a while. <laughs> um, almost as old as email. But I, yeah, I, but look, one, all it takes is one person to give you a shot. You know, in your career, I always tell people all it's just one person to say yes. That's it. And I remember begging um, 
one of the uh, producers at, at a local commercial house in, in Vancouver when I was you know, on the air because I was just getting into a voice, the voiceover back in, in the mid-90s or early 90s, whatever it was, early 90s, late 80s. Early. And I said, even if you think I can't do it, we became friends. Said, Look, even if you think it's not even, you know, just give me a, you know, because I want to, I want to work it. He saw that I wanted to work on something because when you're in radio and you have to read a radio spot in 30 seconds, when radio was a little bigger um, and more important back in the day. And, um, you know, you kind of, they all kind of have this voice in the 30 second spots. And, you know, come on down. We're going to balloon some hot dogs for the kids. And uh, we're going to be down here live. And you got to, you know, it's 30 seconds and you jam it all in. And it's really not selling you. It's just noise. And uh, they, of course, they're looking for a, a voiceover for a radio spot, and it, they don't they didn't want announcer at all. And I went in and I I pulled back and all those years of radio and I ended up booking the thing. And Steve said, "I'll never forget that." You, you said to give you a shot, and, and I did. I didn't think, and, and you booked it, and and that's where it started. Somebody says yes, then you got to you know got to perform. Um, and, and I, I had to unlearn everything I learned in radio. And people always say, you know, people tell me I have a good voice. Well, yeah, you, you do. Anybody has a great voice, so how you use it. Radio sort of, um, you know, the sound I'm talking about. The old radio, yeah. you do back of 75. Um, and that, that comes from the sound back in the 60s and 70s. And, and it's still <laughs> adapted. But they wanted real Howard Stern went on the air and he was a real person, you know, and all these other people, they were real people and they were personalities. They weren't just voices. And that's what I tried to, you know, get into is more, more of that, just who I am. Um, I ramble. So just, I'm no, 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 you're, you're actually, you, you touched on something that I really like though. And I yeah. want to take it just a step further when it's sure. having somebody say yes to you is incredibly important, but there's also the other side that, you need to say yes yourself, um, taking oh. on new opportunities and things that you think are outside of your range and pushing yourself and saying yes when opportunities approach. That I think the people with the most interesting careers, the most with the most interesting trajectories in life are people that just say, sure, why not? And, and I think yeah. that's something that's really it important is, as well. It's very true. Um my very one of my very best friends, um back way back in we were, we were walking along the seawall when I we were still living in Vancouver years ago. And and my friend Greg uh, says to my wife, said, are you, are you ready? Because this is when I was starting to, you know, L.A. was calling and some of my clients in New York. And he said, and what did she say? What do you mean? Well, are you ready? Because it's going to be different now, you know. And I, I didn't quite know what he meant. But but I understand. I understood what he, he meant is you need to be ready for when they say yes. You know, don't you have to be ready for uh, for you can practice and practice and practice. But. You need to be ready, ready to go. And that's what I found in moving to uh, to Los Angeles and working with my peers down here is you could run a, a, a rehearsal of a scene or an animation or rehearsing and you could print it. You could use that in the thing. You have to be ready to go here, you know, in, 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 uh, in some amazing talent in Vancouver. And we're all, all of us, we're all good to go here. And when you're coming in, Sometimes you touched on, on sometimes a, a say celebrity would come in to a, to a, a show. Most of them are, they know what they're doing. And sometimes you get somebody that comes in and stands way back here. You know, they're, they're doing their part and then hang on guys, cut, cut. Yeah. Can you just, you know, oh yeah, you got to step to the mic. Um, and it, it's, it's like, uh, I know it's just in the performance. If you're, if they're going to cast you in something, you, you need to be good to go. 
every audition uh, I've had a, a numerous times and other friends of mine in the business have just read, you know, the audition and they end up using, Oh, don't worry about it. They just, they lifted it. Oh, really? Yeah. They, they, they loved it. And so it's, when you do your audition, it's got to be ready to go to air. Oh, wow. Be ready to go to air. Cause um, that's just, you know, especially these days where things are, are, up, uh, are everybody's in a hurry to get something. Um, but this is all stuff, man. You just, you know, learn by just doing. And the tough part is just giving, some, letting somebody, you know, g- giving you a shot somebody say yes. So, you just keep doing it, keep doing it. There's no secret. There's no magic potion. There's no, you know, uh, I can't tell you how to do it because I had my own journey. I had my own way to get, to get to this point. Everyone else is going to have their, no, nobody could replicate it. The, no, it's your, own, way that you talk. it's your own thing, you know, uh, Today's episode of the Following Films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So today when I went to Bookman's, I was able to get a couple of gifts for some friends of my six-year-old son. I got some musical instruments. I was also able to get a book for my son on Egyptology. But then when I was going to check out, I wasn't planning on getting anything for myself. Uh, Behind the counter, I happened to notice the Blu-ray edition of Battlestar Galactica, the entire series, the box set. And I started re-watching the show when Peacock first launched, because that was one of the shows that was on there, and it hadn't been streaming for a while, and I'd been wanting to revisit it. And so I figured, why not? Let's just grab this today. And I was able to get through the first couple episodes when I got home today. And my God, I was floored by how relevant this show still remains today. It was made back in 2004. Uh, Ron Moore made the show. He had started, I believe, on um, one of the Star Trek spinoff shows. I, I can't believe, I think it was Deep Space Nine, but I, I might be wrong about that. Uh, but anyway, he made this show that was clearly a reaction to 9-11 and the military reaction specifically to that. And considering just earlier this year, we just finally got out of Afghanistan um, and this show is almost 20 years old now at this point and you know 17 years old right now and it's something that's still very very relevant there's the wake of this event we're still kind of living in that right now and so the show still holds up some of the special effects and things like that they might um, look a little bit dated by today's standards for what we've seen um, in tv series but for the time it was perfectly normal It's an incredible show that is my favorite kind of science fiction, the kind that has something more on its mind. It's not just about the special effects. It's not just about the action sequences. It's really a drama. The other elements there, they're kind of the, I guess, the little bit of sugar that makes the medicine go down. And it never feels like it's preachy, even though the show is clearly um, making a comment on society. It never feels like it is. It's deeply entertaining, and essentially it's a, uh, a soap opera um, <laughs> told in the guise of a political science fiction show. So, yeah, I guess it's, it's closer to a soap opera. Space opera, I think, is the word that they use for 
Star Wars, and it falls in that tradition of storytelling, and it's something that I'm really looking forward to um, revisiting and continuing to go through this show. So I was able to knock off a couple Christmas presents and got something for myself today. Always a great time going to Bookman's. So remember, Bookman's, they have your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. There's also, I'm, I'm so fortunate that I even get a chance to read. I'm still you know, blown away that people uh, still hire me. Uh, <laughs> they're going to find out. I really don't know what I'm doing. Um, a little bit of imp- imposter syndrome is a healthy thing, I think. Oh God, yes! Like I always say, when I when I was cast as what was the uh, well is 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 Arishem is is yeah I, I, I want to talk about that obviously. So. When I was cast, I I literally again for the tenth time. Uh, so they want to they, they you know they're gonna I said really what so they wow they want me <laughs> are you sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, it, it's it's such a such a thrill, and the fact that we get to inhabit these, you know, these characters for a, a, a certain amount of time is a, is a joy and, a, and an honor. You know, we don't we don't own the characters, unfortunately. So it's not like they're not ours, but we get to inhabit them, and uh, we have to really be thankful and grateful that we are able to to give them life for a little while, however long that may be. So well, it's not unlike doing theater where there's going to be different casts that come through and maybe you were part of the cast that originated it. Maybe you're the one that came along two or three casts into it that really made something different happen. Or, you know, it could be the difference like true West where you're switching characters, literally going back and forth every yeah, night yeah. where they're changing roles each night. Yeah. This is so, uh, the nature of the nature of a performer, I guess, or, you know, I never consider myself a performer. Oh no, you are though. For but, sure. I, but I never liked like, I'm not someone who there was a, a very good friend of mine, uh, um, less his heart. He's in hospital right now. He's, he's an old carny. He's in his, his eighties. Uh, it's just, he's having a thing and he's just having a crappy time, but uh, he'd be at a hospital soon. Um, but he's an old carny and he grew up in the carnival and he was a member of the magic castle here in LA. And he used to perform and does all the you know, card tricks and lots of great stories. And I said to him one day, I said, you ever get like, you know, and they call up and they want you to do like a kid's party or they want you to do a thing. He says, uh, or, you know, I said, you ever like, oh God, he's never really. Nope. It's what I do. I love it because I'm thinking, man, I used to get asked when I used to be in radio years ago, can you go and do a remote on location at a car dealership and give away balloons? I go, oh man, gee, I don't want to do that. And I like to. <laughs> I like to, I'm one of those ones that likes to blend. I love doing what I'm doing, but when I'm, and I love doing conventions, um, but I, I have to be, I, I, a certain, I have to have a good rest and I have good energy. And if I get a workout in the morning and I'm good to go, but if I'm not feeling, you know, there's certain times where you just kind of feel, uh, you just want to kind of cocoon. And so, um, I remember a prime example of this is, is, a, is a con in New Zealand years ago. They invited me to, and I don't think I'll ever be invited back because I, I didn't really know what was going on. <laughs> anyway, I was invited and there was a, a party get together with all the you know people before. I didn't really know who anybody was or, and I just sort of sat there and minded my own business. And, um, and, and, and during the convention, I um, was in, in, in Auckland and I, I had great fun with the fans. I had a place downstairs with Hasbro and I signed a bunch of autographs. I had a ball. But when it was when my time was up, I would literally go and I would walk around Auckland. I would I would uh, had a distant relative. I, I got tickets for the All Blacks to see a rugby game. I was sort of off, 
And whenever yeah. I wasn't needed, I would, well, you know, cause I didn't, um, I get very sort of, uh, introspective internal. I'll go for a run. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll see a site. Uh, I don't stay in the hotel. I kind of, I want to know where I am. And, uh, <laughs> the story was, I'm pretty sure this is why I haven't been invited back because there was a dinner, you know, at the convention on a Saturday night, there was a big, there was a big dinner, big gala at the hotel. Now I wasn't staying at the, at the host hotel. I stayed offsite because I, I had like, I was a Starwooder. I had points with some other hotel. I had some gear I had to record. And back then I had a big, you know, rock and roll case. But it's not like today I had a, she's I, I don't even know how the hell I did it. Um, but so I was offsite because I didn't want to be on site because there was maybe too much noise, whatever. So I would make my own way to the convention uh, hotel and do the show and all that thing. And then, so Saturday night shows up and I have to go and I'm not feeling that great. I think a bit, a bit of jet lag or whatever. And I'm kind of, you know, kind of missing home and a little, I don't, whatever, whatever mine's. And so I, I went and I sat at a table and I sat with people and I was, it was really quiet. And I just didn't feel, I was feeling, you know, you just feel, eh, I don't know, you know, I gotta, I don't feel like great. I kind of, I'm watching my, my, my watch. And I, I kind of ate a little bit. I said, you don't want to get, I guess I gotta, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm out. I gotta, I gotta go. And I, and I just, I jumped in a cab, went back to hotel and I think I fell asleep. So I, I think, um, people, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that people actually bought tickets and paid extra money to sit with me at that oh, table shit. and I abandoned them. <laughs> And I didn't realize until maybe about a year or two later, I went, oh, my God, I think I was supposed to actually, they they, they paid money to sit. Oh, shit. so that's why. So I don't know if I'll ever be invited back to uh, <laughs> talk. Oh, I thought, because I, I totally, I had no idea what I was sort of doing. And I didn't really feel like I was, you know, part of, and everybody, all the people who went to these conventions seem to have like, they're all hanging out together. And I'm like, well, I, I don't know anybody. So I'll just uh, go over here. Yeah. Um, and so that's what happened. <laughs> I think that's, that's, re- that's really good advice though. There's a wonderful lesson in that. And it's something that we all do this though, where we fake it and we don't ask questions sometimes where we're just yeah. going through. And it's like, everybody's pretending like I'm supposed to be here and I know what I'm doing. So I'm going to, I'll go ahead instead of saying, I don't know what I'm doing. Is there anything you're expecting of me? What yeah. is, where do you need me to be and when, and how should I do this? Because yeah. we want to feel like we belong. We want to feel like you made a of good course. decision in bringing me here and hiring me. It's every job yeah. has that. Yeah. Like I, I thought, Oh, I did a great job with the fans. We had a ball, but I didn't really know what else I was supposed to do. You know, maybe there was some communication uh, breakdown. Somewhere. Yeah, of course. Uh, but uh, I always, I still to this day feel, feel horrible about that. And uh, cause I think I, I might've lost some, uh, some friends. Uh, that day. <laughs> yeah, David K just left. What? Well, if, there's, <laughs> if there's anybody listening to this and they're hate listening because David K didn't show up to dinner. <laughs> It yeah, wasn't but, intentional. So. I did, but I just I left. I'm gonna go. I think I'm gonna go. <laughs> awesome. Anyway. Well, th- thank you. I know we're we're getting short on time, but I oh, just that's just, all right. Th- thank you so much for taking the time to do this because um, it was a pleasure to speak with you. You're one of those people that it would be impossible for me. I try to catch up on a few things that people have been doing, kind of get an yeah. idea of the trajectory of their career and see what they're into. But you work so much, and <laughs> so all. I, I love I love doing it. It's I, it's a passion. I, I can't wait for Monday. I can't wait for the next day. My, my look, my father worked for City Hall and, and, you know, and he says, I took him to a session once and I went in, I had to do some pickups and I, I went like, ha, ha, and uh, 
All right, that's it. Thanks very much. I had to just go in because they forgot something. And I signed a contract and I, I never discuss money. I think it's in bad form um, or anything like that. Uh, cause I just love what I do. And I didn't even, I didn't realize what they're paying me for this. Holy crap. Um, so, and I put in the, and it fell on the floor and my dad's in the car and we're driving home and he, and he saw it and he looked at it and he goes, so, um, so is that all you had to do today? I go, yeah, that's it. Was that, is that your, uh, is that what they pay you? And I go, uh, dad, I go, yeah, it's just, you know, it's like a thing is Jesus Christ. I worked city hall for 40 years. I never made, you know, like, it is it is bizarre um but um and it, you know it wasn't it wasn't that much but he, i went in and grunted and he worked his ass off yeah, as a draftsman at city hall all those yeah. years it's like felt every on. day of work come on uh <laughs> anyway it's so it's a, it's it, it's just i'm so grateful and so honored to be even anywhere near this business i, I still like i told you i'm i'm, I'm thrilled they they allow me uh uh, into play still. And, uh, yeah, every day there's something I, you know, that's, I, I'm working on some, um, sing two is out and I'm, I'm all, all over that campaign. Oh, that's uh, wonderful. There's another couple of trailers in the works and there's some promos and I work for NASCAR sometimes and NFL football and, and commercials that come through. So there's a lot of every day there's stuff coming from New York or LA. Um, and, and sometimes from, from Canada as well. Uh, my old agents up there. So yeah, it's a great, it's a, it's, it's so much fun. Um, and Thanksgiving, which we just finished is my favorite holiday because it's four days where no one bothers me and it's four days needed to just, you know, take it easy and don't, don't do anything. Um, so yeah, no, it's been fun. And I gotta, I gotta, before we go, I gotta, the Arishem, um, I, I left it here because, uh, it's the first toy I've bought in 2021 to tell you the truth. And it's almost over is that baby. It's a, it's a Lego. You. <laughs> and there he is. Is because I, I know why not? We went to the movies for the first time in two years uh, at this lovely, uh, great theater complex here uh, on Ventura County, and and there were six of us Wednesday afternoon. My wife and I was uh, with four other people, and we were sitting way up and had the place to ourselves. And the smell of popcorn just uh, is this heaven. It is. Uh, it is. Know, uh, I haven't smelled that for two years, and and to see the movie, and and uh, it took me back back to my childhood, you know, in a comic book store, the old bookstore in my hometown, you know, of Jack getting to know Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Mm-hmm. These, these names were were ethereal, were out there. They weren't even real to me, and to think that you know somebody gave me a shot and a chance to work with Chloe and this this crew on this movie was like, damn, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> Talk about yeah. a confluence of things. <laughs> I mean, it was bizarre. You don't get somebody that works at Chloe's level in the comic book world with yeah. your specific. You mentioned before your the two things you're known for, Grandpa Robot. I mean, it's like <laughs> everything all came together. Yeah, it's version zero. Like even Vision, bitch, he's a symbiote. Like, okay, if that makes sense, all right. Throw me a robot. Throw me a grandpa. <laughs> Uh, but that, but this, this character, this, uh, yeah, that was, that was really something else. I, I, I wasn't even sure up until probably two weeks before the movie came out that, ah, you know what? They're probably going to replace me now nah, you know, they, I, I, I was, I was positive. I was positive that, uh, no, nah, no, nah, they're going to, cause I kind of did a Michael Fassbender. Like we, we kind of fooled with the voice. We worked and did a few sessions and it was such a great, uh, collaborative effort. You know, Chloe, she, the way she directs, she asks questions. Well, what if this, and what if, it, yeah. what if he was, and I go, oh, I love that. Um, she's like a child. 
um, and uh, but a very smart child. And, um, you know, we came up with this uh, sort of Michael Fassbender Prometheus type sort of tone. And, and then we kind of ended up in there and, and played around. And and uh, I thought, oh, they're going to, well, they're going to, they're going to call Michael. They're going to call, they're going to, you know. <laughs> so they didn't. And I'm really grateful. Well, that that's the one thing I've learned. I've been doing this for not that about seven years now, interviewing yep. people. And one consistent thing I've heard is they want to work with people that are talented, but more than that, they want to work with people who aren't assholes. And so if you happen to have one in one column to offset the other, and if you hit both those, then you're going to be okay. And people yeah. keep calling, I'm sure. Yeah, it's it's true. That's very true. There's not in the voiceover community. There's very, very, I, Every one of them I've met have been lovely. Yeah. I think, I think Rob Paulson is the king of, of the nicest people on on the world. I, I could, I could never live up to, I, 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 I see what Rob does and I've been interviewed by Rob and I know Rob. I think I, I can't be that nice. That's impossible. How do you, how do you do that? (laughs) I try, but I would, I'll never, ever be that nice. (laughs) It's real though. It, it's not it's, it's not an act it's no, real it it's comes from from here and it, it is yeah. absolutely genuine and he knows as well as i do that you remember he said you know dk do you believe it? we you know we actually get paid for doing this i mean look i mean <laughs> i mean you know, what, what did you and so and he's right it's like every day is like oh my god this is so cool uh yeah and so so it, it, as a as an aspiring uh if anybody's listening and they, and, and they want to get into it uh yes don't be an asshole <laughs> number one but eyes wide open and um realize that it's it's a it's a gift to be in that in, in a room uh with and doing this it really is never take it for granted whatever never. room you're in whatever you're never. Doing, whatever field you are there, never no it, exactly it, it, if it's if it's in your personal like a professional job that has nothing to do with the entertainment industry huh. there's somebody that wants to be sitting in your yeah. seat I have a, yeah, there's an electrician that came come this morning. He's an electrician here, and he's got a smile on his face, and he loves it. And he's just, he, you know, he's like he's passionate about it. And he's he's I call him the Jedi. He's gonna fix anything. He's like he found some problem this morning. You go, well, that was easy. He's a Jedi, and he loves it. Every he's got a smile, even if he's tired. Smile on his face. Hey man, hey, you know he's good to go. That's that's the secret. Find that's something it. like that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And- yeah. I lo- thank you so much for taking the time to do this, David. I really appreciate it. I feel like thank you. you're you're somebody that I could interview once a week for an hour. I have a feeling that there's a lot you have. No, set so it up with stories. Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. And I hope you enjoy your weekend, man. Yeah, you Take too, care. man. Appreciate it. Happy holidays. Cheers. Thanks, man. Take care. Yeah. Bye-bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down Wish me luck, give me hope
Boys Crack.